Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, so for coverage of the game and everything that happened in Miami, check out the Ringer NFL show for their game recap. And on the site, you can read Danny Heifetz on Andy Reid, Roger Sherman on Patrick Mahomes, and Robert Mays on Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl Deja Vu. On the Ringer's YouTube channel, make sure to check out Slow News Day with Kevin Clark live from Miami with a bunch of special guests like Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. You can watch and subscribe at youtube.com slash the ringer. I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm Amanda Dobbins. That's Wesley Morris, and this is The Big Picture. Guys, welcome to a very special conversation show about the Academy Awards, but not just any Academy Awards, our Academy Awards. We're changing things up on the big picture this week. We've invited Wesley from the New York Times. Wesley, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Three-person three person Academy, that makes us the Grammy Selection Committee. Oh boy. <laughs> Hopefully less fraught, less racist, sexist, and completely yes, corrupt. Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran are part of my nomination crew because <laughs> okay. I want the Academy to tell the truth about who it is. <laughs> Fun fact, Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran had movie moments in the last 12 months. If you recall, Ed Sheeran in Yesterday and Taylor Swift, of course, Miss Americana. Who could forget? Um, We're not going to be nominated. I'm sorry, you said Miss Americana? I'd have gone to Cats. That oh, was wow. Yeah, that was that's very true. generous of you, Good sir. Point. I blocked that out. We, let's, we're not talking about that on this podcast. <laughs> this is not Me? a Cats podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> we got the owl part right. Okay, guys. So every year the Oscars come around, we get very angry because they don't represent all the movies that we want to be celebrated. This year, I would say, has been an unusually positive Oscar year in terms of nominations. However, we got stuck in this big conversation about why are there no female directors nominated in the Best Director category? Why are there so few actors of color? Why are there so few Uncut Gems nominations? Why are there so many things here? <laughs> Wesley may disagree with that. Uh, no, I. we will discuss. I'm. I'm. You're evolving. I'm evolving. Oh, that that's is great. exactly the way to put that's, it. We're all evolving. Wesley and Amanda, can you guys just give me come some big picture feelings about where the Oscar nominating process is before we dig into our own awards? Well, um, without going into the math on how the nominations are determined, at least in the best picture category, whatever they did to make them less fun needs to change. Because in addition, like I just wrote a piece for the paper about a complicated problem that I have with this year's show. This is the first time where I'm, I feel like the homogeneity among the best picture nominees just superficially is kind of monotonizing to me. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean, basically what I mean is that like there are nine move, eight movies about white people Mm -hmm. and like the, the white experience. (laughs) Yes, there is a white experience. (laughs) Um, this podcast is often a white experience, and, if we're being honest. And and one from Korea or South Korea. And I I like all of these movies except for one and a half of them. And so the thing that I'm annoyed about is that there isn't, it's not as though there's one movie that didn't get nominated that should have that also featured people who are not white. So my problem is more of an industry problem. And the Oscars, of course, is a symptom of this larger thing. And so I'm kind of just like, I went back just to do some math on, on, on how many movies among the nominees for Best Picture since they expanded to 10 were set in the present. 
And usually, I mean, the thing that's thrilling about the Best Picture nominees every year is that you do get some really interesting story that gets told about the movie industry, but also just the movies. And something about this collection of movies as a collection, as a class of films, kind of bores me. And I, but again, like, I like most of the nominees. And so I don't know. It's a weird, it's, it's a, a weird place, but they have to change the math. I think the math mm-hmm. is part of this. Like even, I don't like Hustlers that much, but, but you, this, this group of movies needs, it needs, it needs like a blind side. It needs a, 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 a district. Um, district nine. Yeah. yeah. It needs, a, it needs a district nine. You, but you think that that, so that's. An- I think it's math. Don't you? Because don't- so what's the one film that would have resolved some of that feeling? Is it the farewell? Like what is it? I don't even care. That's the weird thing. Also, I don't even care what it was because I don't like any of the alternatives. This is a weird year for, for the solution to this problem. There isn't one. There's no I main waves. I guess waves would be a movie that would that would be more interesting. But every year since they expanded to 10 has had just more interesting stuff in it. I have a th- theory. Okay. And it's not about math. And I think your point about math is good. And also your point that this is, these are eight movies about white people is also important. That, and well, that, that's I just, mean, that's any, everything I'm about to say is not going to change that, but I do <laughs> just, and, and it's not going to change the industry and it's not going to change who gets to make movies, unfortunately. But I do wonder if some of it is also like our expectations and our relationship to the nominees, because we're used to being dissatisfied and we're used to finding something that to be mad about. And since they've gotten to 10, and especially in the last couple of years, there are more movies that I'm excited about yes. that are nominated for Best Picture. And even this year, I would say there are five movies that I'm like jazzed about. Same here. And I'm not used to that. And so <laughs> I do think, and and we're part of doing this podcast and talking about the Oscars is arguing about what was snubbed and what the Academy isn't representing. And I wonder if some of the boringness is just kind of, I don't know where to put all of that energy. I, I think that for what Interesting. it's worth, that, I, I, I hear that. That particular aspect of this year's race, though, I think is an anomaly. I think there's two reasons for it. One, we just happen to get a couple of films from a couple of people who kind of always make big, noisy, special films. Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. We got a couple of movies, Marriage Story and The Irishman, that probably would not have been financed by any other studio that got a lot more money than they would have gotten. And so those movies got pushed up to the top. You know, I know you guys probably not huge Joker fans, but that's a highly unusual kind of movie to have been made in the way that it was positioned, marketed, the success that it had. And also the Parasite thing is there's just no, literally no precedent for a movie like this getting this much awareness, appreciation, I don't potentiality to win. Um, the, the, the fact that this is even possible right now is was utterly unpredictable, even, even in September, I think. Right, right, right. And so I think accounting for this year in particular as a bellwether of any kind is a little bit yeah. difficult long term. But the point that you're making is 100% right, which is that you know, there's a certain kind of movie that still is always going to get made in Hollywood. And there's a certain kind of movie that it's still really hard to get made. That's movies by women. It's movies by filmmakers of color, starring people of color about different kinds of experiences in the world. So that's not going to change. I think some of what we're going to do here accounts for that. I think some of the categories that we're creating accounts for that. Yes. I think in general, though, the public perception of the Oscars is it's a little bit stodgy. 
It's a little bit boring, self-satisfied, but also it doesn't really understand what's fun about movies. No. Well, that's part of, I mean, to the degree that there is a selection committee, it's people's self-consciousness about their what they want their taste to be. Yes. yes. And that, to me, is part of what I'm sensing about this group of Best Picture nominees, though. I feel like, I do feel like, despite the fact that I actually could not subtract one of these movies, or there's a 10th slot, add a 10th movie. Like, what? I mean, you could add a 10th movie. Knives, take your knives out. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Like, at least set in the present and at least about the thing that is seemingly the problem by gathering these movies together, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which member of the Knives Out family is each contender oh, this year? Oh, that's a good, that's okay. a good game. Ooh. We should do that somewhere. Okay. Oh, I like that. Just, we don't have to answer that right now, but just think um, about I'm trying it. to think of the goop yeah. one. Anyway. <laughs> but, I, I, but I also think that part of the problem, I think that some of the thing that I'm feeling is this I mean, I don't know. Like, it seems like a revenge against the way things seem to be going otherwise. Yes. For sure. And, but you can't prove that, A. And I mean, I'm arguing against my myself right now, but it's unprovable. It's just a feeling that I have. It I, feels like every time they do these blind surveys of these Academy members, right. and there's always somebody who's like, well, I don't think we have a diversity problem. I just think the movies that star... Well, you know, other people aren't as good as the ones I like. Right. Or even just that was nice, but it's not an Oscar film, which right, is just right, covers all right, manner of sins. Right, and right, that right. shows up in every one of but those. But the idea that there is an Oscar film, which there's there's been an Oscar film since like 1939, like that's part of the problem. Yeah. I don't know when it got so cal- calcified, you know, 1917, when- despite how much I love it, it's an Oscar movie. It is. <laughs> it's funny when I was 15 I did not think that was pejorative in fact I thought that that was meaning, really really meaningful well, and it, my, my perception of it has changed a lot over time we are self-conscious about it That's if Parasite actually wins I'm going to feel really freaked out because does that mean that I'm basic because the movie that I want to win also won the Academy uh, Award that is called aging yeah well mm, I don't know I don't feel that way about Moonlight yeah but that, 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 that now more so feels like the exception to me I, even though I mean in a weird way here's a good test of this of this question mm-hmm the departed. I always think about the idea that the departed is a best picture winner. You know what I mean? I think like, if the departed was directed by Guy Ritchie though, it would have had no chance at the Oscars. Yes, of course. The Scorsese It was only yeah. the Scorsese-ness that did that. But just looking at it as a movie, right? Like that was the best picture of what was it? 2006. 06? I just it's just kind of it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing. That wasn't my favorite. That wasn't the best movie of that year, obviously. Or not obviously. I it's funny that you bring that up. We actually just talked about that exact movie a couple I of days ago on this show. I don't know what happens in that movie. Yeah. It's a totally fun and slightly you confusing movie. You mean narratively? Movie. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, <laughs> what sure, do you mean? Sure. What What other way? I I don't know. Like I, sexually? Like, I actually do know sexually what's going on with Matt Damon in that movie. Congratulations to him. Uh, okay. So if we were going to change the telecast a little bit, mm-hmm. what... What, there was talk of this last year about modifying the telecast, but I don't want to modify the telecast per se, but I think that um, there are some categories that maybe we don't need and some categories that maybe we do need. Okay. I'm personally, I just don't believe that the shorts need to be in the Academy Awards. Thank you. Um, I, no one watches them. They're unseen by the, by the public at large. Are you mad at that? You, you want the shorts to stay in. 
guess I do. Why? I don't know. But the idea. Well, don't you know, they it, feel not a part of the rest of the conversation. But is that really how it works? I mean, I'm. The, but you're talking to the wrong person, and in a weird way. Like I actually wish they had brought. I want to see the best bluegrass album winner, right? I want to see best. Okay. okay. I want to see best best jazz best traditional jazz album. I want to see that person win. You're in dangerous territory with Amanda. I personally would like there to be a nine hours Oscar ceremony. Right. Amanda wants to get through this fairly quickly. It's a television show. You're saying it, you're, it's its own, not work of art, but it, it's at least its own entity that needs to have a start and a finish and a structure and momentum and energy. Mm-hmm. We can't just like trot out every single movie clip that Sean has liked for the past <laughs> 70 years and I then let Sean go on stage yeah. and be like, and then another yes. thing clips. about this cinematography. Sean just wants like to the telestrator, you know? I feel like when you, when you <laughs> grow up with the old Oscar broadcast that re- where nobody really, there was no internet for people to run to and complain. It just ended when it ended and it was full of supporting clips. I mean, for a lot of America... They didn't know who Pauline Collins was. They wanted to see, like, Shirley Valentine. What is that? I need a clip. This is good so shit, you, Wesley. So you, yes. so you get a clip of Pauline Collins acting in Shirley Valentine. No, what you get what? is a weirdly spliced moment of an actor <laughs> doing the most over-the-top, contextless part of a movie. You have, if Wait, you don't know do you anything remember what Julia and you're Roberts, watching this Do you remember super- what Julia Roberts' best actress clip was for no, Pretty Woman? I don't. It was her singing Kiss in the jacuzzi. Oh no. I mean That's all I'm saying. I think we need more clips. Okay. Uh, I don't I, I don't I don't think adding more categories is going to let us add but more clips. But I just want to get something clarified from Amanda. Are you saying that they shouldn't broadcast the shorts winner? Not that that shouldn't be part of a thing. That shouldn't be an Oscar that's that's given out. We should just not watch that person win. No, the reverse. Oh. Uh, I I think that they should have their own ceremony. I agree. I actually, I think I when they tried to cut some of the categories last mm. year, I thought that was so rude because all of those people are working to make a movie and show every single one of the awards that are in Oscars. Right. Like the shorts, that's a, that's a different project. Mm-hmm. The I result of a short that, film, that you're hear. evaluating it differently, yes. make yes. a different short awards. I agree. And, honor more people. And there are no technical awards for the shorts. So what you have is you have 21 awards oh God, for feature length films. That? I think I would back out of but that. But that's so strange yeah. to even be honoring no. the shorts in that fashion. I hear that. Which are just not really publicly circulated works of art. I mean, I guess you could go you, see them in succession in movie theaters, right. but it's a very small number of movie theaters over a very short period of time. So that whole aspect of it, one, I feel like is very odd. And it's also like, just cynically, it's dead weight for the telecast because nobody tunes in for the results of the shorts. That's fair. Some well, people do some tune in. Family members. That's that's three hundred and twelve people. You know, that's not <laughs> ideal. So that's one I would get rid of. That I, I would certainly combine the two sound awards. I don't think we need sound mixing and sound editing, and I think the Academy is probably going to do this in the next two years. Really? So that's one more down. That's, that's a bummer. That okay. gets us down to twenty awards. Wow, you you really don't want any changes. Well, I do. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not good at like, what's the stunt category? The classic fight for the stunts is the only thing that I, the only, I want to add more than I want to subtract. Okay. Okay. Should we start adding then? I have a lot of ads here. A lot of, I'm not talking advertisements. I'm talking new categories. I like your, I'm just not good at it. I'm not good at thinking about what should be there. So let's just go through it. Okay. I think we're going to find that you are good at it, but- And that you'll have a lot to say, but... By by the end of this conversation, we will give out new nominations for the six biggest categories. So we will talk about Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director, and Best Picture. 
with entirely new nominees from any of the other films. We've also invented several new categories. Now, I, I, don't, salute you. I don't know if we need all of these categories to revivify the Oscars, but I don't think it would hurt, candidly. Let's do it. The first one is inspired by an award that the DGAs gives out, which is Best First Feature. Uh-huh. Which, to me, is just an obvious Best New Artist style addition to the ceremony, and I just don't see a downside. Well, I do. Oh, God. Uh, well, as soon as you said Best New Artist, I mean, that is a historically a debacle of a Grammys feature just because of the category fraud and what counts as a first feature. and is it- First feature length film, period. Those okay. are the rules. All right. You have directed and you'll be the your enforcer. Fir- yes, I shall be in charge of this category <laughs> and all other categories okay, that's henceforth. Okay. Here are suggested nominees. Al Maharel, Honey Boy, Olivia Wilde, Booksmart, Joe Talbot, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Maddie Diop, Atlantics, Tyler Nilsson, and Michael Schwartz, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Now, you have been a bit circumspect about how you feel about these suggested nominees throughout these categories to us. So how does that strike you, that fivesome? Sounds great. Uh, I mean, sounds great. Like, I don't know who, who wouldn't be there. I can't think of anybody. Who did we leave off? Anybody that strikes you? No, that is the one other drawback to the first feature. It is a pretty small pool every year. And I suppose the hope would be that if you institute this award, then people start gaming for it and they actually start trying to make first features. But I think that's pretty optimistic. I would be okay with that. I mean, this is an interesting category because I think in the past you would forget that say Barry Jenkins had made a film before Moonlight or that Lulu Wong had made a film before The Farewell. Like there are people who you would think would be eligible for this the same way that there are a lot of artists who win for Best New Artist at the Grammys even though they're on their like third album. Shelby Lynn! Yes, exactly. Shelby Lynn! Was Shelby Lynn like 37 when she won that award? Like 10 episodes, 10 albums in? I mean, you know, uh, Maggie Rogers. I mean, Lizzo! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, these are not artists on their first. This this would be strictly enforced. Out of that fivesome, who, who do you got? Who do you like? Uh, Maddie Diop. I'm also going with Me Maddie too. Diop. I think it's a consensus. Yeah. That's obviously one of the best films of the year. Um, bizarrely I snubbed like, in I the like Best Honey International Boy. Feature category. Yeah. I do too. Honey Boy uh, is very good. Yeah. We yeah. have not spent enough time on that show. We will be talking about it a little bit more as we go through these categories. Uh, yeah. Atlantics is my winner for that mm-hmm. one. Wow. Consensus on the first one. I feel great about that. We have a winner for Best First Feature, Maddie Congratula- Diop. Congratulations, Maddie Diop. You get a... Big picky? What are we calling these? Okay. okay. Wow. That was weird, but let's go with it. Okay. It looks strangely like a toy Oscar. <laughs> now, here is where the best new artist aspect of this conversation gets a little dicier. Breakthrough performance. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is a little harder to legislate. Sure. Because I think a 97-year-old woman could give a breakthrough performance. I like oh, that. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody could. But I'm good with that. Yeah. That's I, not a problem. Can I read the suggested nominees here? Absolutely. Let me just say, this they have to add this category. It's so the good. Oscars. All of these people. People fucking love to watch people break I through. I guess what would the, I would <laughs> love to see the Academy write out what constitutes a breakout performance. Would have you, you read that what constitutes best picture? It's all hogwash. It's all what made up. It, what does it say? It's like for outstanding work in cinema production. It's nonsense. It's all made up. Uh, well, I mean, see Clado, but I, I feel like... <laughs> Okay, let's just keep going. Let's just roll with it. Okay. This is not the silliest award we're going to give. No, no, no. So, like, can I just say, let's acknowledge this right now. Oh, I, no. Like, you're going I'm along the, with I'm this exercise right I'm now. I'm the conservative. And I just, well, I'm so nervous because I know at some point 
there is something that you don't agree with or something where you're just going to be like, absolutely not. And I'm so anxious right now just being like, <laughs> at what point am I going to lose Wesley? At what point is you he going to turn on me? You me yet. I just, okay. I'm just but wondering. But everything I say, I'm like, oh no. You're I'm like the Steve Schmidt con- on the MSNBC well, panel. I feel like I'm a little contract lawyery about this only because I want it to be as airtightly official as humanly okay. possible. Okay. Right. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think the Academy is going to listen to this and say we should get these guys involved. No, but but I am doing this as like a 14 year old boy who used to oh, just like so rent nice. out the oh, nominees. That, that's you know what I mean? Sweet. There's a part of me that just wants to make sure that this category can actually like continue to make sense over time. Okay. It's sort of a okay. bit like why I don't understand why the music categories never keep their language. Like why that's evolving and changing. But anyway. It's, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's best original song, but then the qual, like what determines that has changed over time, what they actually call it, what the score is. Anyway, let's keep going. Breakthrough performance. Breakthrough performance. Maya Erskine plus one. Jonathan Majors, the last black man in San Francisco. Honor Swinton Byrne, the souvenir. Paul Walter Hauser, Richard Jewell, Julia Fox, uncut gems. Did I add the last one? You did, but I was also thinking about it. Great. We, this is a pro Julia Fox podcast through and through. I'm going to go with Jonathan Majors. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that really is among these five people to me. That's your only winner. Did we miss anything? Um, I had never seen Taylor um, from Waves. Taylor Russell. Yeah, I'd never seen her before. I think she she might. There she, might be. We're going to recognize her, for her later. Yes, we're going to recognize but, her a little later in this. Um, but she she would be also a good end, and that's the complication too. Here is. If you are recognized in this category, can you be recognized this is, later? This sure. is a thing that I'd want clarified. So, so you I know what? We can decide. We're in charge <laughs> for the next hour. Whatever okay. you want. I would say that if you are recognized here, you maybe should not be recognized in later categories. Okay. Now, I've broken that rule if, when we get See, later See, I think the show. that's the reason not to do it. Like, I don't really oh. like this performance, but what if you're Convention A. Wallace, right? And she clearly goes in this. What if your convention A. Wallace is an amazing question, just in general? I mean. What, what's she up to? Hopefully she's in school. Thriving? <laughs> Isn't she I, like 38? How old is she no, now? No. How long ago was that? She's like 11. Yeah. Okay. 11? Yeah. Is she was, like a tadpole in the movie? Yes. 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 yes, she yes. Was. That's my whole moral issue with that performance. Okay. Oh, boy. And like, well, I have no, whatever. Just spare me. But like, say you're convention A. Wallace, right? And you're, you've given a performance that many people think is just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But there's this Oscar category called breakthrough performance. Well, like, what do you, can you, like, it either, I don't know what you do. Unfortunately, we're going to complicate that further with Pac-Win. another category. Yeah, well, we have another category addressing this issue. We Are do. you concerned? Is it like 10 and under? Is that the group that you're concerned about? No, I mean, all right, that's a fair, let me think of some, um, oh, uh, 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 um, Captain Phillips. Barkhad Abdi. Bar- Barkhad Abdi. Oh, yeah. Like, he should get he to should compete be, in the, he, should yeah. be, he should be able to, like, try to take an Oscar if from somebody. If he garners enough votes in Best Supporting Actor, oh, then I he did, gets to be Best Supporting yeah, Actor. Okay, so you're solving And he's ineligible. You're yeah. thinking through this I like in that. real time. I like I this. That. Also, I, you know, I honestly think it's better for someone like Barkhad Abdi, who didn't stand a chance to win the Best Supporting Actor Oscar but was going to be nominated to win in Best Breakthrough Performance. Fair. I think that that's better for him long-term. So this is I why mean, I think this is a valuable category. I don't know. Have you seen Barkhad Opti lately? No, although Tom Hanks did just shout him out I know, at the Golden I Globes. I that. That was wonderful. Was fascinating. That was great. Anyway. Captain Phillips holds up. Jonathan Majors. 
That's my that's my guy. I, I agree with this. I think this is like the strictest interpretation of the you really are a a, a, a strict originalist, I yeah. guess, when a it Scalia. comes to these rules. Yeah. But in terms of you watch that movie and you're like, who is that person? Is and that per- what is he doing? Well, not next? only that, but I mean aside from Rob Morgan, I really don't like this movie. He is my he is mm-hmm. the he is the best thing in the movie, and the thing that is best about him highlights what is wrong with he's so good that he calls into question the entire framework of this movie yeah um i just i think he's i think he's great we agree I mean, we've talked about him a couple of times mm-hmm. on this show it's definitely one of the best performances of the year and it's one of the it's the kind of performance that the oscars is usually very bad at recognizing mm-hmm. every once in a while a movie Somebody. that gets released in May and then something gets caught up in the in the wave of oscar recognition but a small film like this that has you know admiration but a little bit of mixed critical reception that does okay business but not really good business usually just kind of goes away this would be a way to commemorate that that's why i think this is a good category we're agreed on jonathan majors yes next best cameo now this is a little bit of an mtv movie awards category here i like the nominees though okay Okay. i put Uh, one on there just for you there are six nominees here (laughs) i feel like i know which one Yeah, yeah that was that was for me and wesley the nominees are Keanu Reeves for Always Be My Maybe, Gwyneth Paltrow from Avengers Endgame, J.K. Simmons' Spider-Man Far From Home, The Weeknd Uncut Gems, Boys to Men Long Shot, and Sharon Stone and Rolling Thunder Review, A Bob Dylan Story. This is a tough one. Great category. I know my answer. Um, wait, but now is it is Boys to Men the one that's there for me or is it Sharon Stone? No, I put Gwyneth on. Oh, Gwyneth. You. Oh, well, God bless you. Yeah. But I'm not falling for that. Okay. That, I mean, I'm not either, though. I Gwyneth, who does virtually nothing. In she Endgame. at least knows that she was in this movie. Right. So does that she? is good. Yes, <laughs> I think so. She She's at least familiar with like Avengers in the title. Until I see video evidence of her saying, I was one of the stars of <laughs> Avengers Endgame. <laughs> we cannot confirm that. Um, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go for pure, like, just good on you guys for putting this person in there. Sharon Stone's my winner. So for anybody who hasn't seen uh, Rolling Thunder Review 1, you should go watch it. It's just a bizarre document. Two, it's a, essentially an imagined documentary chronicling Bob Dylan's tour, Rolling Thunder tour in the 1970s. And Sharon Stone's segment is remarkable. Yeah. There is a completely invented section in which Sharon Stone indicates that as a teenager, I think a 17-year-old, she and her mother essentially joined the tour and she and Bob began a kind of romance that originated with her being in love with the band Kiss and then being converted to Bob Dylan's shamanistic <laughs> folkloric songwriting, which is the whole thing is a lie, but it is delivered so rivetingly. I love the myth making of Bob Dylan and the idea that maybe the best myth made about him is coming from Sharon Stone. It's just. It's great shit. I do have to make one p- pitch for Boys to Men. South by Southwest this year when they premiered Long Shot, um, Boyz II showed up on screen and people were li- literally having an orgasm. They were just like, "This is very important to me." Boyz II Men matters. And then at the end of the film, Boyz II just showed up and performed Motown Philly, and uh, it was it was better than probably any movie I saw last year. That's a goose. Okay, these are both bad choices. I love I love you both very much, but you guys are overcomplicating this. Like the Sharon Stone thing, that seems very nice, and that's a nice thing that we all have. <laughs> so rude. But it's it's the spirit of the cameo is not for wow. Sharon so Stone invented it. Yes, of it's course Keanu it's, Reeves. Keanu Reeves. it's Keanu Reeves. Like, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> Otherwise, that movie is like an it's is 
completely unmemorable. He's the Jonathan Majors and of that movie. And he just shows up for so long. Right. So that is the, the, my problem with it. It's, it's too but long. He's, he's in himself. like 11 and a half minutes of the movie and it actually goes on like too long. Like you have long. anywhere to be or anything else to watch on Netflix. <laughs> like what do you want? I want not untrue. Well, whatever. Okay. I can't. I don't. The I'm less glad I that you got to go to a Boys to Men concert, and I would have liked to be at that concert was, as well. It was a very good concert. But I, it's Keanu Reeves. That concert Thank is my you. best picture. So you guys are both going Keanu Reeves. I am. no, I'm sticking with Sharon Stone. But Amanda Sharon Clay. Stone, it is two to okay. one. God bless. I, Congratulations. I'm with you. Thank you. But he is there too long. I really don't like that movie. It's. I, but it. But the point of a cameo, it serves its purpose. It overserves its purpose. Exactly. The movie is a bit of a slog. Best kid performance. Now, this addresses some of your Anna yeah. Paquin concerns. Well, there's only, but again, this is one of those things where, like, there's only one winner. That's true. There's, 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 this is a good list to read the nominees. This is an interesting collection Let's of people. I, I, mm-hmm. I strained to get number five, but I'm going to read the, okay. the list for you. Number one, Archie Yates, Jojo Rabbit. This is Amanda's favorite person in the universe. Um, He's the one in, with the glasses. Oh. Right. Okay. I, most people, Not the I think, main one. most the humans would one. pick Roman Griffith Davis, nope. who is the it's star of JoJo Rabbit. The other one. Amanda says, He's "No, wonderful. it's the." Thank the, you. Yes, he is. He's wonderful. That's a, that's a supporting performance. Yes. That that whatever. Go on. <laughs> number number two, Julia Butters, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number three, Noah Jupe, Honey Boy. Number four, Jacob Tremblay, Good Boys. Okay. Number five, Nico Parker, Dumbo. Now I admit the Dumbo ad, a little bit of a reach. Um, I just want to say that the kid from us. Oh, is, I overlooked him. I don't remember what his name is, but he is wonderful. And it just hit me right now as we're going through these names. Uh, he's not my winner though. Jojo Rabbit. Our Jojo Rabbit actor is our What winner. are you guys Archie? talking about? I, I, I was going to give Archie, like it's very you... proud to be nominated. I've, I want Archie to thrive. I think he's going to be the new Home Alone kid. He's doing great. <laughs> is he really? I believe so in the TV series that they are doing. Wait, is he going to use an American accent? I hope not. This can't start this young. I, I mean, oh, he God. is. He oh, will man. star in the Home Alone re- reboot. Is he but... going to be Australian or not? They or didn't British tell me in the Google search. He didn't call me and let me know. What is going on here? First what, of all, it, that's insane that, that you guys both well, picked but that. No, 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 no. But I want great things for him. He's a real honor to be out nominated situation for me. It's, Julia Butters is the winner oh, of my spirit I, I'm animal. Taking it, I'm taking it back. It's Julia yeah. Butters. Yeah, of course yeah. it's, it's Julia, Julia Butters. Of course it's Sorry. Julia Butters. It's Julia Butters. Never let me into No, no, I, I lost my mind for okay. a second. Okay, okay. I lost I was my mind for a second. very nervous. Sorry, I'm sorry. Amanda. No, I, I agree with you. And I'm you. sorry to you. Yeah. And I'm sorry to Julia Butters. Julia Butters. The, the, yeah. the young man from us is named Evan Alex, and he is very good. He is very good. He should be nominated and not Nico Parker. So we'll amend the record. Sorry. Okay. But we have, I, Sorry, if we didn't, if we're not, also Noah Jupe is good in Honey Boy. This is, oh, he's he's good. this really is very good. not his first rodeo. Yeah. He's, he's been really in a bunch good. of stuff, including A Quiet yeah. Place. And I, I, he's, he strikes me as one of those kids who's going to be like famous for 50 years. He's a very, very good actor. We always feel that. I mean, there should be like, at some point we'll have a Charlie Cosmo. Oh, wow. Uh, memorial child actor who didn't quite Damn, like. Charlie Cosmo. You're really going in the bag today. This just, is, you, you're bringing Charlie it. Charlie Cosmo was the. Like, he had a good, I mean, runs? He had a good run. He did have a good run. He had a really When's good run. When's the last time we saw him? Can't hardly wait. I think so, yeah. Sad. So, congratulations to Julia Butters, yeah. who is just, just an icon. Tremendous. And she, talk about, there's, I mean, Lupita, for me, snub, like, like acting snubs, Lupita Nyong'o, Julia Butters. I don't know how you watched that movie 
fill out your ballot, put all the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood stuff on it that you do, and not put Julia Butter's name on your ballot. I just don't. Lupita Nyong'o, you know, I can't even get into why that didn't happen. But well, you'll get a chance. Yeah, I know. But Julia Butter. When I moderated a panel conversation with the cast of Once Upon a Time, um, Julia Butters just spent the whole time when she spoke dunking on Quentin Tarantino and Brad Pitt. It was just absolutely amazing <laughs> She's stuff. She's very, very funny. Best casting. This is kind of a summation of a couple of the categories we've just been discussing here. So here are nominees, some of which are completely in earnest. Um, <laughs> they are all in earnest. Okay, got it. Uh, Us, Triple Frontier, mm-hmm. Little Women. I'm sorry, pause. <laughs> How did I skip over that when preparing for this conversation? Yeah, I added that one. Keep going. Once okay. Upon a Time in Hollywood, Uncut Gems. Oh, Uncut Gems. I, I agree. Yeah. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems because... Not just because of the people you know, but mostly because no, of the people you that's don't exactly know. That's the casting. Yes. Yeah, that's the casting. I, I think there's something about... I mean, I feel like I definitely... I don't... Ensemble, whatever. The cast... Like, there should be a casting Oscar, I think. I agree. I feel like... There's too much good casting in the world mm-hmm. for that skill to go unsung. Well, I mean, the current Academy president, David Rubin, is a casting director mm-hmm. by trade. And there has been this insinuation that they're going to try to integrate that award in the near future. Mm-hmm. We'll see if the board of directors care about oh, that. Oh, you mean into the just general? Yeah, into in, just making it an award. It because, be, because it is a it should part be. of the craft it of should, movie making. It definitely, definitely, definitely should be. And if you talk to great filmmakers they'll mm-hmm. tell you like how important their casting directors are to the movies that they make yeah. uncut gems is is your winner here I, th- I mean of all i'm just going through everything in my mind that is that is the movie that has i don't know where they found yeah. the people they found how they persuaded the people they they persuaded um yeah i think it's and, and you're not just rewarding like the most casting That's which right. is once upon a time would be a, a good a lot of the most yeah yeah, Once I think, time is, I think is close. Little Women and Once Upon a Time are interesting examples of movies that with different casts would not have worked as well. And so some of that is luck and some of that is good fortune and vision. Yeah. But, but, they're, I don't, but they're big shiny movies, yeah, you know? I don't feel that way about I mean, little I mean, there's not a thing I don't love about Little Women. And I'm not saying the casting is is the thing I don't is the thing I don't love, but there's something about like Uncut Gems does not work. Right. As you don't I mean it this is a movie that solves the problem for two filmmakers I have problems with. And the, it comes almost exclusively. There's two things like, you know, good filmmaking toward the back end of the movie and great casting. Best action sequence. I got to say, when I was thinking of this category, I really had 2018 in my heart because all I could think about was Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm-hmm. Which is just the kind of movie that should just happen every day. It, it is a very special movie and also would have fit so many of these categories. I thought of Wolf Blitzer's cameo in mm, Fallout recently, yeah. how perfect that would have I'm, been for I'm this award. No, what? No, absolutely. This, not. Maybe this is the hottest take, but we have to stop using the real news anchors in the in the movies, Warm fictional movies. Warm like we have to make a distinction. It's going insane. And I need Wolf Blitzer to see Pat stay Kiernan in the one more room. time. It's always Pat Kiernan too. Like, why is his agent the best one at New York? Going one? the other way. Keep getting them checks, Pat Kiernan. Shout okay. out to you. You're doing a great job. I just we we need to draw a line somewhere, First and that's all, the first. Start. In Fallout, it's so effective because it's not actually Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, it's Ethan Hunt. Okay, I guess we could make an exception. Okay. I I don't know. Mm. I'm just trying to preserve democracy. Okay? Never, nevertheless, this was not. <laughs> 
a year for Fallout, and it was not a year for I would not say incredible action movies. I, this that's a, oddly a genre that has been um, in an odd state of disrepair and overwhelmed by the Fast and the Furious movies. I think in many ways, and well, and and John Wick, and John Wick, which and, which will be represented. Here. Yes, but I also well anyway. Let's just go to the nominees. Here are the five I got. I don't even really love all these. Some of, As a one snob. of these, one of these is really bad, and I'm not an action that's, sequence. Have you snob. guys not been to award shows? Good the point. five nominees, okay, sure. they're, right. they're never all We're good. Tr- I mean, I think we are trying to offer a right. a better alternative. Right. But, but that this- doesn't mean everything has to be okay. better. Okay, great. The helicopter drag race in Hobbs and Shaw. This is the sort Ooh. of climactic Ooh. final scene. Okay. This is, that's the I'll one I'm not I'll explain why I'm of. booing it if you need me to. It's, it's impressive, but I have a huge logistical problem with that. And it's not physics. Fire away. I... He's having a fight with his brothers. There's no rapprochement scene that gets the brothers on board to like risk mm. their lives for this BS. I mean, to watch it as an action sequence is great, but it makes no dramatic sense. There's a whole scene missing where the brothers get on board. It, anyway. It feels on. like that movie was really sliced and diced when you go back and watch it. Yeah. The dog fight, John Wick Parabellum. I mean, again, it's the Julia Butters of this category. Yes, but keep going. we'll keep going. The Italian car chase in Six Underground. Now, I have some, I have some love for this sequence. Can I just say? Yeah. I have watched this with the sound on, and I have watched people on airplanes watch it. Every time somebody watches this movie on an airplane, I'm always like falling out of my seat <laughs> trying to watch it too. It, it, it is such... <laughs> Hyperkinetic, I think the word is. It's, I mean, he's good at his job. He is. He's good at his job. He's the best at his job. It's ridiculous. It's, it it is arguably the absolute. We're talking about Michael Bay for anybody who doesn't know, um, the director of this movie and that action sequence. And I love this movie, which is quite bad. And, uh, I think this is the climax of the movie, which happens like seven minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Says a lot about Michael Bay and other things. Long way down after this. Not ideal. The motorcycle duel from Gemini, man. Which I think is underrated, and I have I've advocated for it on this podcast before. I have, never, and also have, just like in a weird parking garage outside the movie is. theater. That was like, that was a classic. I saw Gemini Man with Sean, and then we walked out, and then I just like had to stand at the Grove, I think, on like level three, while Sean just told me about the future of movies, and I was like, I'd like to go home. I haven't eaten dinner. Otherwise known as the greatest <laughs> night of Amanda's life, <laughs> when it all became clear to her. Oh, Amanda. My condolences. Thank you. The motorball brawl from Alita Battle Angel. Do you guys remember Another Alita? Another thing that I want. See, I've, I've watched this on the plane. I've watched people watch it. I, I have not seen that. I didn't see this it. This movie. I have seen. The, I, it was so well done. It's long. Yeah. It's a long yeah. fight. It's like 15 minutes. I, I watched people watch it on the plane. And then at some point, I just took kept track of like the actors I could recognize. I looked it up. After mm-hmm. I got off the flight, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's so much better than I heard it was." That sequence, that woman, who is she? Uh, her name is Rosa Salazar. She can kick an ass. She was also the star of a really good show on Amazon called Undone, which like so few people have seen. I, I would encourage see. you to check out. It's it's brace yourself. It's sort of animated, um, <laughs> but it's it's cool. very very good, and she's very that- very good. I mean, but the problem I think I have with that action sequence only having watched it with no sound and with like mostly outside. The, I mean, I did watch at least half the movie 
via somebody else's screen mm-hmm. on the airplane. I kind of feel like that's a good test. It is really interesting after you've seen movies I, to watch other people watching them, I, what they choose to watch. It was just amazing. It's just, I don't know how they did that. I don't know how they did it. It's a movie directed by Robert Rodriguez, produced by James Cameron. Like, it's a huge, it's probably the least discussed successful movie of 2019. Mm, because, that's probably true. And it came out at a weird time. I think it was a March release. It did well, but not amazing by the standards of those two guys and the sort of apparatus around it. I think it was a Fox release right before the changeover happened. Mm. So there was a lot of weirdness around it. Look, it's kind of a stupid movie right. in a lot of ways. Can I ask a question about it? Yeah. Why does it go on? There's a number of like the genius of it in some ways that there that there is that there are these weird breaks in the fight. And so it looks like the fight's over and she's done. And then she goes and sh- there's some exposition with somebody. And then, then the fight starts again. I don't, it's just, it's like- You a, want me to explain the plot mechanics of Alita? Please don't. <laughs> I won't. Please, he doesn't. <laughs> I'll just watch the whole thing. Couple, I'll, I'll just get the answers for myself. A couple words on the dogfight. In John Wick 3. In John Wick 3. Uh, it took six months to design and train the dogs to execute this fight. Mm. Um, that's a lot of time for an 11 minute sequence. I'm worried about the dogs. Now. I I was gonna say, do we know that? The I'm not dogs even that kind of person. Haven't I, been chatting with the dogs okay. on, on well, IGD. You lately. didn't do your due diligence, <laughs> so now we can't give it the award. Nah, that's tough. Uh, yeah, when when Chad Stahelski, the director of the movie, was on this pod, he said that that was the hardest thing he had ever done, and he's done a lot of really hard shit yeah. throughout all okay. three of the John Wick movies. That feels like it has to be the winner. That was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that in There's a movie. There's nothing like that yeah. in the history of movies. It's your winner. There's no, it's a no-brainer. Although, I'm surprised that we don't have the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on this list. It's, uh, that's interesting. You, yeah. you, that strikes you as an action sequence? I oh guess it does. Oh my God, of yeah. Of course, it's super choreographed and, you know, there's stuff happening. There have to be room for snubs too. Like, not everybody can be one of the five. You know, I don't have it in this next category either. I did think about it last night. That's like, complicated. Should we put it in the... Hit me. I, I mean, you added something here that you're welcome to switch out if you'd like to. Well, let's just do it the way it is. This. Best ending. Oh, that's not a nominee. I. I let's go. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. Parasite. Mm-hmm. Midsommar. And... I believe the note I have here is sorry haters, Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, here's my case for the final nominee here very quickly instead of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I remember it. So this is one time when you are allowed to just tell me what happened. I saw this. There are like drones and there are just no, droning that around. No, that ending sucks. That sucks. That's not the end of the movie. The end of the movie you is... Easter egg? Yes. Peter what? Parker. Like the thing after the yes, Sean. Let me tell you my. I'm disappointed in you. Best Easter egg. That's not the ending. Of course this it is. is. No. Oh my god. Well, that's a whole other philosophical conversation that I do not want to be a part of. I'm just gonna make my case very quickly here. I might stand with on this podcast that I appear on every time it happens. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> so when I saw the movie and the Easter egg happened, which strikes me more as an ending than an Easter egg. Where yeah, Peter clearly. Parker is swinging through Queens. He is with Zendaya, his beloved. They've made a connection. Everything seems great in Parker land. I love you, Zendaya. She's the best. And then somehow he finds himself to Times Square. And on the big screen in Times Square, we see J.K. Simmons, a.k.a. J. Jonah Jameson, from the previous Tobey Maguire movies, reprising his role. And he reveals the identity of Spider-Man. And he says Spider-Man is the Queens teenager, Peter Parker. In the movie theater, that was the loudest vocal reaction I had heard to a movie in 2019. P- 
people were like, oh shit, when that happened. Now, does that make it like an artistically beautiful statement? No, but movies are just trying to draw a reaction out of people. Life is dull and bland and punishing. And sometimes if you can get excited in a movie theater, I think that that is effectiveness. But it's not an ending. So let me just- sure it is. It's a cliffhanger ending. No, it's a teaser. It's setting, it's an advertisement. It's setting up the next thing. And the reason- Better than a teaser? I love a teaser. Sure, but the reason that I wanted to add this category is because it's actually, it's really hard to end a movie. I was going to say- It just, like almost no movie actually brings it home and it's like, this is how it ends and we got it. And you walk out and you're like, holy shit. And that sets up the next movie and it has value to you and to the many other teenagers, (laughs) literal and spiritual, that you saw this movie with. But it's not- an ending. Teenagers are the future, man. Uh, she just, she just. <laughs> welcome to the big picture, Wesley. Uh, I'll, I'll replace Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Spider-Man okay. Far From Home. You don't have to do that. No, 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 no. Yes, yeah, he does. No, it's, this it's, is, it's fair. This is a discussion. I kind of like, I like it. Y'all are telling on each other. That's you know what, what I mean? we do on this I podcast. I feel like you should leave it because, again, like somebody's going to have to be snubbed. What would you say out of the the first four that I named? What it, what? How do you feel strongly about it? It's Irishman, Portrait, Parasite, Midsommar. I don't like Midsommar, and I really don't like the ending. Damn. Um, I but well, you know, it's. It, it, I this just is, love it when Wesley's here. This is a whole. This is a whole <laughs> podcast uh, talking about that movie because I I think Ari I think the world of Ari Aster. Uh, I just this movie does not work for me for a lot of logistical reasons. Mm. There's a lot of things about it I don't believe, and I can't. I can't suspend enough disbelief. Um, so I, I don't agree with you about that, but I actually don't think that that negates the power of the ending. It, it doesn't. I don't. I mean, I hate the. I mean, I. I. I I'm not going to say I don't. I, I hate saying things this way because I do believe in 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 earning things. I don't. I should feel. I should feel something stronger than what I felt when you get to the ending. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been sewn inside of a bear skin and lit on fire in a giant triangle? That's not fair. That's an unfair question. Okay. Um, So you haven't is what you're saying. (laughs) You don't know my life. Look, this award show is about diversity. Okay. And if we can't be diverse enough to recognize bear skin, fire, death. I'm not falling for this. Okay. I am not taking the bait. I just, it, I mean, there's a way to just have that as an ending be a great ending because it's the ending mm-hmm. or there's a way for it to be part of a narrative that has to end and that's your ending and in that case it doesn't work for me but as a as a crazy thing that happens at the end of a movie sure fine. I love a freak out that, I love an, a freak out but ending. I should feel freaked out and I don't okay. I didn't feel it I okay. do feel like Midsommar wins the best meme awards or like the the best mm. meme inspiration just the More number of uncut gems the number of Halloween costumes alone That's that I true. saw, that was phenomenal. I saw, I mean, I saw, I mean, I don't, this is a totally, this is a, this should be a category. Yeah. Because Us is the most Halloween, Us mm. and Joker okay. are the two Halloween costumes that I saw. Wow, last. some big contenders mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Okay. Us and Joker. So we have to figure right. out memes for the 2021 Oscars yeah. and also best Halloween costumes. I guess Is that so. also going to be a category so, yeah. at the Oscars? Okay. <laughs> of the of these nominees, uh, I would say that the end of, I mean, people are going to like, this is when people stop listening because mm-hmm. the Irishman. It's pretty great. The Irishman. I, it, but they're going to like it ends I'm 25 really torn. times. No, so no. but it, I didn't even get to the ending. I'm extremely torn. Because the, it was the ending of The Irishman where I was like, oh, wow, this is a masterpiece. You really do have to. And you got to get that. Obviously, there are lots of parts of it that are a master, that is a masterpiece. But 
it ties it all together. It's it not only sticks the landing, but the landing uh, justifies everything that came oh, yeah. before. Yeah. I have not stopped thinking about the ending of Portrait of Lady on Fire since I watched it. I just was mm. so moved by it. So and and it is also it is of the narrative, but is also its own moment in such an amazing way. I don't want to spoil that because that has not yeah. been released wide to the world yet. Um, it hasn't. No, no. Oh. it's not. It opens yeah. fittingly on Valentine's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. Ladies, <laughs> yeah, my my. My my lady, my lady loving lady friends. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say start your engines. Um, uh, well, also that too. Start start your engines. Incredible okay. ending on that film. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about it when it comes out. But so the I'm, Irishman. I, that's I, my, if you go with the Irishman, then I can. I was going to go Parasite based on the conversation oh, we yeah, had. Yeah, no, that's true. Day. It's a really good ending. I, also, can you? All right, talk to me about the ending of Parasite. Okay. A movie I adore, and I have had more conversations about how I don't know what a better ending would be for mm-hmm. that movie. Right. But I've also enjoyed talking to people about the sort of it's it's either an anticlimax or a denouement. It's 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 one of those two things. I thought of it as a an ellipsis and not a period, in the same way that Twenty Fifth Hour has an ellipsis and not a period. It is a speculative dream yes. of what could be, sure. which is a kind of ending that I like. I mean, he solves it for you. I mean, he he doesn't he leave you it. hanging, but I feel like I don't I don't. But again, like. It's just that the the shift in tone is such a shift mm-hmm. from what you would watch. It's such a coda. Um, I don't know. It, it it's not that it's not a good ending. It's just so it's so different from the movie you watched. But I've had I've seen the movie three times now, and I feel every time I watch it, it feels more and more of a piece mm-hmm. with with the movie itself. So I'm not here to break a tie. If we all, the three of us pick three different endings, I think we all can go I think foolishly the answer is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is weird, but that that probably was the right choice. If it were here, I'd give it my vote, but. Yeah, that was a big fuck up on my part. Yeah. I apologize to the Academy and to all the listeners of this show. Okay. Um, Let's just go to best trailer. Do you guys remember any of these trailers? No. You cut. Well, there was 10 on the list. Yeah, but you cut Triple Frontier, which is very rude. What's the Triple Frontier is I remember good? we all like stood around watching it. It was, it also stood around what? Uh, computers. Okay. Um, but it was also <laughs> of a moment. It was like there was the Ben Affleck back tattoo. And then there, and we had spent a lot of time as a society and a group of people interested in Ben Affleck uh, investing in that. And then the trailer came out pretty soon thereafter. And the reason I nominated for casting, by the way, it's just like what we're doing with Ben Affleck right now in this moment is really interesting to me as a scholar of Ben Affleck. And yeah, there was a lot of excitement. It's also the best parts of the movie in the trailer. So to me, the the high point of Triple Frontier period is early in the film, we see Oscar Isaac flying in a helicopter set to Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I was like, oh, it's this kind of movie. Now, it doesn't really always pay off on that promise. I wish it did pay off on that promise because then it would have been one of my favorite movies of the year. But that is like a trailer moment that isn't even in the trailer. Yeah. The weird thing about that movie is that, like, the, a reason to give it the ca- give it a casting prize is the whole movie is casting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, once you get those three people, and I didn't, nobody even knew that they wanted to watch that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's once it happens, you're just kind of like, I also feel like they're like mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and turn the camera a, on. There's to these a guys. kind of like whatever, just. Just let me let me just you know it's just I don't know 
Anyway, literally that. Yeah. Charlie Hunnam is yeah. literally doing that vest. in the movie. Yeah, it was. They it's knew costume design. They, also, they knew where I lived. Yeah, they knew where I lived. There we go. But but I'm not. But I'm not that. I'm they not couldn't that, find the doorbell. I'm not that easy. Yeah. No. <laughs> I you, you Turns can't. Out I am. You can't it's work fine. this zipper, can you? So, <laughs> so we were talking about best trailer, and now we're talking right, about well, Triple Frontier <laughs> is not clothing Wesley. Triple Frontier was snubbed. Uh, Triple Frontier was snubbed. So. If you can go back and watch these, I encourage you to. You guys may disagree with these. These are the the trailers that hit me, even whether you like the films or not. Last Black Man in San Francisco, I thought very artful. Joker, hit like a bomb. Mm-hmm. Uncut Gems, very very effective for especially serving its audience. I don't remember that one. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Do you remember this trailer? Oh yeah, this is a it, very good trailer for a very bad movie. Yes, yes. And it didn't make me want to see it, but it made it intrigued me. Yes, mm-hmm. it's. I I would encourage you to just watch it three times rather than watching the movie and the lighthouse. You love the lighthouse so I, much. I do love That's the lighthouse nice so much for you. I need to. <laughs> you, do you guys know the uh, one heat minute podcast? You know, this sort of one minute of the movie heat over time. I believe I'm getting the name of that show correct. It's not Chris and Bill's podcast. It's not Chris and Bill's podcast. Okay. It's a podcast <laughs> that examines every single minute of the movie Heat. I will be starting one of those for The Lighthouse. Okay. Where I examine every sure. minute of The Lighthouse by myself. I knew alone you in a it. lighthouse. I knew you liked it, but damn. Well, it's very good, but it's also very difficult to ride for publicly. And so like if I bring it up with Amanda, she's like, well, what you are is a Reddit nerd bro and no, you I hate this movie. I believe what I said was A24 merch bro. Let's well, get the terms right. Six of one. Wait, but just to be clear, yeah. you're, again, this is, it's not quite an Ari Aster thing because my problems with, with The Lighthouse are different from my problems with Midsommar. But I, one of my, I do enjoy listening to The Lighthouse people talk about how much they love The Lighthouse because I think that Robert Eggers is very talented. Very talented. I love The Witch until, and speaking of endings, until the end. Not a great ending in that movie. Um, great. But there's something, there's a, this is like, a, there's an indulgence to this that I. He's fussy. He's very fussy. He's very particular about showing his work. Yeah. And you. It is just so the definition of a not for me movie. Mm. I, I don't like fussiness or this kind of fussiness. Mm. And, and I have, I do get a little frustrated at. This is filmmaking in a lot of ways that anticipates people talking about it. And I could feel it mm, in mm-hmm, the putting mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. of that's a great the, observation. of the film itself. And I see I don't I my, don't like my impression of talking to Robert Eggers is that he's not that kind of person. Now Ari might be that kind of person. Ari might be the kind of person who has a, a wider perception of the film world and how they'll react to the choices he makes. But he draws Robert Eggers you is in... like literally living in a weird lighthouse writing down uh, Melville-esque dialogue from the 18th century and like reading about sea captains and mermaids <laughs> like he's a fucking weird you, guy you guys if you can't see amanda's face I, it's yeah it's doing I, I a lot of mean that it oscar worthy things like reply guys and and the online discourse as much as um you're very aware of his process we, we've talked about this already you know that i just can't stand anything where the work is showing and where the people are infatuated with the work as opposed to the result i'm i'm only there to watch the film and does it work or does it not and for me like I said, it was not for me. Not even the trailer. But when you say that it's not for you, doesn't that just mean it didn't work? 
Like, I I mean, for well, me, I, I don't know. I just, I... It's a complicated question. Oh, kind of at the center of this podcast. It is. I, like, I am aware that I am so particular also. And, like, you know but that. You Sean certainly Catholic knows taste, that. You like, you're open to everything in this movie. There's a version of this movie that might have worked. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's like, not everything is excellent. Like, not everything rises to a level where I'm like, oh, this is, even though it's not my interest set or it's not my type of movie or I don't normally seek out these sorts of things, it's, like, so amazing that I responded to it. But that doesn't mean, there still is a level where it's good. It's just not something I'm really interested in. I was, I'm willing to give people that because I have such high standards generally. The trailer for us, the high point of that trailer to me, I mean, not nominated, but um, I got five on it. Mm. And the way oh, yeah. it uses True. that, that song. That was very good. True. And it showed up, I believe, I first saw it, I think, during Thanksgiving or Christmas, the Christmas NBA games. That sounds right. And that was the most exciting thing because you had no idea what that movie was. And you you could, I mean, at least for me, I could see Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. And just its use of that song and the way it had, it had been like re-engineered for this trailer. I thought that was an extremely effective use of, of, a, of, a, of a trailer to like make you want to leave thank or Christmas dinner to like go to the movies immediately. Think if Us was released in October, it'd be an Oscar movie. I don't want to think about things that way. I really like things occurring in their natural environment. And if the Academy doesn't, doesn't okay. notice that's on them, but I want, it's a good question, but get out came out in, in February, February too. But I think that's what was held against it. In fact, is that people were like, this isn't as good as get out. And it was a March movie. I feel like every single person who has watched us a second or third time comes, come, not, not sure. I don't, I don't think I feel the way you're going to say I feel. Oh, you feel like it's it it works less well? Didn't work as well for me. Hmm. Um, too much loose threading. There's a lot of things that 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 aren't clear. It's great filmmaking. It feels like the filmmaking just gets stronger mm-hmm. the second and third time. Yeah, it feels to me like a slightly unfinished second feature, which a lot of great artists' second features feel that way because they have a lot of ideas, but they're not they've not fully coagulated. I think we just were in the middle of talking about one of them. Hello, mm. mm. it's, it's dark. Uh, best trailer. I don't know what to make. You you want to you want to have a write in ballot? No, no. I no no no. It should not work that way. We've got five nominees. <laughs> You're such. I I like how what an enforcer you are. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Joker. I'm gonna go with the Joker trailer. I was. I, this is a very good trailer. It's a very good trailer. Except it was a little social networky. It didn't matter. Yeah, but I thought that mean, worked. I mean, I sure, thought it was appropriate. But, you know, it sold the it, hell out of the movie. It worked. It worked. Sure, but it's not visionary, just like the rest of the movie. I'm going with no, that. No, I agree. I don't like the movie, but but the trailer, it was one of those things where I objected, I objected, I objected. Then I saw the trailer and was like, well, I still object, but that's a good trailer. It is a good trailer. I I, right, I I think I have to give it to Joker as much as I like the Uncut Gems trailer and as as funny as it would be to give Godzilla King of the Monsters I mean, any kind in of a award. way the winner should be Godzilla King of the Monsters because you're yeah. doing the most with the least and you're truly. excited truly yeah okay the It's Time Oscar now this is a a once a year It's Time non nominee we just give this is like the Irving Thalberg Award we just give this Oscar out it's Amanda's idea. And I thought she had a great choice for who should receive it. So the theory behind this idea is that so often the acting categories are dominated by people who are 
beloved and have not yet won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And they so often win their Oscar, especially the actors, for performances that are not the great performance. So let's get a, get rid of that and just we'll just give the Oscar to someone. I think it should be the person has to be in a movie in the in calendar year. year. Okay. I think it would actually would be best if they were in more than one movie. Okay. And that our winner yes. here is in more than one film. So I mean this with all the love and respect in the world and also with respect for her performance in a movie that I really enjoyed. I think this is Laura Dern's award. I think that she is very good in Marriage Story, and it obviously is a showy supporting performance. But that you know. she's going to win an actual Academy Award for her. yes, right. But that has kind of deadened that category because there's so much fait accompli about that. I don't even. I mean, I have a lot of controversial feelings about her winning. Even don't think it's deserved. She's. I mean, look when she gives that speech. To Scarlett Johansson toward that. I mean, she's so good in the mm -hmm. movie, but the thing that pushes her over the top is a thing that Ray Liotta and Alan Alda and Julie Haggerty and Merritt Weaver don't have, which is the speech in the office toward the end. And she, Laura Dern is as good as everybody else in that movie in an, in a, in a, in a, in an organic way. There's something about that speech that pushes her over the top in a way, not her acting, but there's something about, I don't know how to, I'm, I'm, I've been really bad about explaining what my minor misgiving about her winning in this Oscar for this performance is about. Well, I think in Because the, it's the speech. It's the, Otherwise, yeah. I mean, Ray Liotta should be nominated. Julie Haggerty should be nominated. Alan Alda, he's so good in this, in this movie. But the thing that gets Laura Dern nominated is that speech. It's really they're giving an Oscar to the screenplay, but they're they want to give the screenplay Oscar to someone else, so they're just giving it to Laura Dern because she gets the flashiest part of it. They're also giving and she's her also they want to give her yes, an Oscar. Exactly. Right. They want to give her and an that's Oscar. the reason that she's in this category. That's it. That's it. That's at the heart of it is they they admire the performance. It's obviously a she's brilli good. brilliantly written she's movie. She's so good. She she's gets really good. loaded up with steroids in the movie in the way that some of the other yes. supporting characters she, don't. That's exactly right. And she's. He 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 juices her. He juiced her up. She gets a little saying can't take go. But like, is this a significantly better performance than Rambling Rose? Like, I you know just a oh my god, the David Lynch. I mean, right, I'm all sorry, of the David Lynch. Movies. Uh, yes. Inland Empire. Yeah, right, Wild at Heart. She yeah. should get like six Oscars for that. Yes, I agree. She give her an Oscar for Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Like Laura Dern's been. Well, <laughs> just just calm down. Just just come on. It's time for Laura Dern to get an Oscar. And that means that that would theoretically open up a yeah. new contender and best supporting actress. Also, Laura Dern was in Little Women this year. She, was she in a third film? Mm. I mean, Big Little Lies. Yeah, where Big she Lies, was also of course. Before. She was wonderful she in was Big Little Lies. Before. Truly a, a I mean, totemic year. A, right. I mean, I, I'm with you. I feel yeah. like sh if sh she should get an Oscar. Let's, let's give her an Oscar. It, We've given her an Oscar. It would have been nice for her to win for some of her more adventurous work, but I support this too. This okay. concludes the new categories. Which Congratulations, Laura Dern. You have won two Oscars. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> we're not getting ahead of ourselves. So let's go to the real categories that currently exist that we're going to replace the nominees for. So no, this is all new nominees in the six key categories. Okay. We're going to start with the acting categories. We're going to start with Best Supporting Actor. Okay. Song Kang-ho, Parasite. Willem Dafoe, The Lighthouse, uh -huh. What Up? Sterling K. Brown, Waves. Shia LaBeouf, Honey Boy. Rob Morgan, Just Mercy. Rob Morgan. 
Yeah. I love Rob it's, Morgan. Rob Morgan. It's so, what a performance. I, I, I totally undiscussed. I, completely I undiscussed. Ho, but Rob Morgan. Wow. I have thought about those scenes in that movie Rob so Morgan. many times you, since I saw it. Rob Morgan is one of those actors who shows up and something you don't even know that the that the character is even important to the movie totally and yes he's like then in another scene and by the second scene you're kind of like who is this rob morgan for anybody who doesn't know and saw mudbound he played mary j blige's husband and again i'm a big i'm a big asker of the question how can you watch a movie see a bunch of performances Pick one and have it not be the great one. It's it's what I call the Helena Bonham Carter and Howard's End question. Mm. How you can nominate all those people from that movie and not the person who actually gave the best performance. I'm sorry. This seems like a crime. It's an amazing point. But, uh, it almost happened with Just Mercy. And I think Jamie Foxx is quite good in Just oh, Mercy. Oh, he's so good. They're both great. They're both really and, good. And it really is great. the scenes of them together that They're are just... both... Jamie Foxx and Rob yeah. Morgan are both great in this movie. Not everything about that movie works really oh, at all no. but Mm-mm. everything that happens on death row that that group of prisoners is crazy inc- way to put it but, inc- but, yeah, but it's true but it's in- incredibly effective and great actors all around O'Shea Jackson also very good in this movie um, but Rob Morgan are we Morgan. unanimous on Rob Morgan? Yeah. Rob Morgan I think the Sung Kang Ho uh, that, group that is going to be quite, quite but, frustrated yeah. by but this he's choice like, he's a little Laura Derny to me mm. in this sense like this is a guy who is given some of the movie's best performances yeah. He's good in this movie, yeah. but I mean, I mean, this is not to say that not being as good as you previously were under the circumstances of, a, of, of another movie should disqualify you from winning for the thing you were currently nominated for. But this is, I mean, what is he operating at in this movie? 40%? The movie kind of floats away from him a little Half? bit. It kind of moves away from being his movie. You know, it, his, it has a moment like 30% of it in the middle starts to feel like his movie yes. as he takes on the driver yes. role. Right. And yes. then it kind of moves away from him at times. And so it doesn't really feel like he is the same way that Brad Pitt is sort of the centrifugal force in a lot of ways in Once Upon a Time. Um, I'm sorry. He is the star of that movie and F everybody for saying mm-hmm. otherwise. This is a, That's a rigged category. Well, obviously. we haven't talked about category fraud too much, but that's also, oh, we're, try, we're trying to adjust this. Fraud. Anyway, yeah. I love both those guys. I'm going with Rob Morgan. Rob Morgan. I agree with this. We have it. Best Supporting Actress, Jennifer Lopez Hustlers. <laughs> Xiao Xu Shen, The Farewell. <laughs> Cho Yao Zhang, Parasite. Caitlin Deaver, Booksmart, Taylor Russell Waves. We mentioned Taylor Russell earlier. It's ridiculous that I'm allowed to give this award to Jennifer Lopez in this category because the Oscars didn't want to. I mean, you don't have to make her the winner. She's nominated. That was the whole thrill of her being in the yeah. supporting actress category at the actual Oscars. She wasn't supposed to win. I know. She just had to be there. I mean, she, she there's a version of this where she could have won, but it wasn't necessary, right? I agree. It wasn't necessary. She didn't even have to fucking win. It's it's very strange upon reflection for Richard Jewell to get one nomination it, for it to be Kathy Bates. She is, is well, she, she's great, right, but, but she's, she's not always doing great. Anything, it's right, perfectly right, right, fine. It's, it's Kathy Bates doing I mean, Kathy Bates also, stuff again. Helena Bonham Carter. What were they thinking? Award. If you're watching that movie, despite the controversy, Olivia Wilde is like Ooh, going for it. She wow. goes for it. Yeah. She does. Setting aside That's a complicated ethics. conversation because she's her so, performance is good, but she also kind of seems like she's in a different kind of movie. She's got it turned up to 11. But I want to be in the movie she's in. Mm. I want a whole movie about a woman who does her job like that. 
Hmm. Setting aside the ethics, I know it's a problem. But yeah. Olivia Fuck Wilde- Fuck FBI agents. That's the movie she, you want to see. <laughs> I want to see her. She's really good. And so is um, the woman who- uh, Nina Arianda, who plays uh, Sam- Yes, her Sam secretary. secretary. Yes. She's also I wonderful. I love- that is my style of supporting performance, right? You you are not important to the to the to the movie, but anytime you it's Rob Morgan too. Like anytime you anytime Nina Ariana is in anything, yeah, she puts a little sauce on you, it. You, yeah. I, just like Rob Morgan, I'm not always sure it's her, and I'm like, I think that might be who I think it is. Anyway, um, of these of these five people, oh, another person that I another parasite person, mm-hmm. um, is uh, Lee Jong Un. Who plays the original maid? Mm. Oh, she, she is, is very good. good. She's very good. Basically playing two parts too. When right. she yeah. sort of flips right. I mean, in the second half. It's just, it's just that she, if she were nominated for anything, would be my winner. Like, can't overstate how funny it is when you know they first he first arrives at the house as the new tutor, and um, oh, the, the mother is sleeping on the yeah. table, and, and she, she just claps. She's claps wonderful. Yeah. It's, great it's scene. Like they're they're both wonderful. They're very they're funny. both they're both great. Are you are you going JLo? I'm not voting for Jake. Who are you voting for? Um, I'm willing. Uh, we can. I'm I, voting for the mother in Parasite. Okay. I love her. She's I think very she good is. In this film. I nom. Yeah, I nominated her yeah. for this. I, maybe. I'm going for the mother in Parasite. That's a hard part to do, and it's so easy to overlook how good she is. Yeah. Because she's essentially playing like a like a like a nothing part, but there's so much comedy involved. In her performance. Yes. Like playing a dumb, no, she's not even dumb. She's just, she's just not as smart as everybody else. Yes. And she's kind of blithely unself-aware. Right. I just, it's a hard performance to give. Yeah. And she's so good at doing a thing that's easy to overlook. Because she doesn't have a moment. Like her whole thing is just being blithe and ah, da, 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 da. Yeah. when she's mm-hmm. shopping at the, so toward good. the end of the party. Yeah. <sighs> I know. She's really great. I like her too. I would vote for her if we yeah. could get a consensus. Okay, I'll do it. I can do that. Am I swaying the jury? No, I, that's a compelling case. She's yeah, she's not? wonderful. I think J-Lo just needed a nomination, frankly. That's all she needed. She J-Lo, you got it. Also, you just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> with all due, with all due respect to Mr. Mahomes. Imagine what that would have done for her candidacy for the final day of voting to have been happening right on the eve of that performance. Yeah. I did they wonder whether made her it would have backfired. Even more. Yeah. They, they, they're all, I mean, I, not to be this person, but I think they kind of hate her. I think there's a little bit of, you have too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do you need more? I, I, I think that there is, there's a certain kind of famous woman because this never mm-hmm. happens to men. There's a version of these nominations that if Leo DiCaprio was a woman, he wouldn't have gotten nominated. He's got too much. He's too him. Like, who is a person who has this problem? I mean, Julia Roberts suffers from this. Um, for years, you know, the sort of like the Matthew McConaughey's of the world fell victim to it, where it's like, you made too many bad movies, so it's held against you. But he's not been, what has he not been nominated for that he should have been? Um, I don't know. Well, we can get to that later. We can get to that later. But I do feel like the thing that befell J-Lo is a thing, is a thing that befalls. I mean, how many nominations should Gwyneth Paltrow have had after Shakespeare in Love? Now, that is a very good example. I mean, more than she got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... I feel like Nicole Kidman is frequently a victim of this. I, but I also she, feel like she's frequently recognized she, for subpar it, she, movies, yeah, even is, if her work yeah. is good. Um, so Julianne a, Moore is another person. Same thing, though. Yeah. An actress who is always good, who makes a lot of movies that are utterly mediocre. 
But when she is good in them, it means that when she does a map to the stars mm-hmm. or like even a, even a Gloria, Gloria, Gloria Bell, Bell, they're just like, God, you don't it's you true. Have that movie was completely overlooked this year. Interestingly. So, I mean, Charlize, that you get one slot in this year that of all of all the options, Charlize Theron is the person who super yeah. famous previous winner. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're decided on Cho Ya Zhang for Parasite. Great. Best actor. This was interesting. Adam Sandler on Cut Gems, the the, the crowd favorite. Mm-hmm. Paul Walter Hauser, Richard Jewell, Brad Pitt, Ad Astra, Matthew McConaughey, The Beach Bum, Andre Holland, High Flying Bird. Now, Wesley furrowed his brow aggressively when I said Brad Pitt's name. I don't like that movie. Okay. okay. You don't That's have to whisper. Okay. The microphone's going to pick it up no matter yeah. how loud you say it. I don't like that movie. Okay. Fair enough. And he can't save it from itself. Like, why is it set in outer space and not a therapist's office? I mean, it is set in a therapist's office. That's the thing. And... Outer you're, space you're of right, the mind. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. it is. He's just doing his own I little just, diary entries, I, letting his all therapist know. All I kept know. thinking about was all the death and all the money. Like, he's definitely going to prison, right? Like, he's going to jail. Sure. Like, but he can't because lie. he breaks space code or whatever it is. He, how many people wind up dead because of him? I know he saved. Did he save mankind? TBD. What did he? What did he really do? Was he trying to? Was that I, part of the thing? I thought he was just trying to find his sorry, dad. Trying sorry. to resolve some. Daddy this is about issues, Brad Pitt, yeah. and not say. about not about yes, the movie. It's not about the movie. I loved I loved James Gray, but like, like I don't like five hundred dollars an hour. Not not. I seventeen ninety nine. I, I a will ticket. say though, I I don't totally. <laughs> I mean, sure, five hundred seems. I guess that's the going on. If it were that yeah, easy, there would not probably, be movie podcasts. He could probably tell afford you. that. I am surprised though. I, I did find that there were moments of this Brad Pitt performance that were like astonishing to me for all the movie star Brad Pittness of it, which I think you things. and I often agree on. Like the right. scene when he is in the podcast studio or whatever it is <laughs> and is like and is recording the message for his dad because they can't fax it again I don't really know why but he's reading the thing to his dad and just having talk about therapy Brad Pitt's having his therapy on yeah. the screen and someone yeah. filmed it and let me watch it that is worth I will pay $18 for that okay I see where you're going. Okay. Well, I am very pro Brad Pitt, as everyone in the world knows. Who, who else do we have? Matthew McConaughey, Andre Holland, Brad Sand, Pitt. Sandler, and Walter, Paul Walter Hauser. I'm going to make a case for Paul Walter Hauser. Okay. Perhaps my favorite guest in the history of the show. He Just was, a delightful he, person to talk Tremendous. Part of, part of my pitch yeah. was because I heard that. <laughs> He's very, mm-hmm. very, very I mean, smart, just, chill, weird. When he started doing like this, the extended A Few Good Men yeah. recitation, like we had done the the normal Code Red stuff. And then he just kept going with an officer on deck. So, he, um, <laughs> you know, which by the way, I could do too. So that's my guy. Uh, I really like him in this movie. I think he had a very difficult job. I'm all, I mean, things that I admire in certain performances are really about how much more you did than you needed to do and how much he figured out a way to make this person not the idiot that the culture made him out to be. And there's something about 
how it every and some of this is 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 Eastwood in the writing, I guess, too. But it, there's so many moments where like a different actor would have made made a choice. There's something like when he comes home to Kathy Bates and he's happy to see her. And it's a very like that relationship seems as old as it actually is. And a lot of that is just his comfort around her. And there's a thoughtfulness behind that performance. I don't know. It's just, I love it. I love it a lot. And it's very, very easy to just overlook. I agree with this. And I was also just going to say, um, the Olivia Wilde character is an example of where like this script can go wrong. And I think that performance is, yeah. definitely is lending it, Olivia Wilde's choices uh, shape how we perceive everything that's going on in that performance. Mm-hmm. And you almost feel that she is judging or, you know, has made a decision about that character, even though she oh, that's was very great, clear that a, she had not made that decision. It's a good but moral point because, yeah. Th- this, I mean, you know, this script is open to interpretation in a lot of ways, but specifically in performance. And it's, he has the hardest role and he nails it. Mm-hmm. And with any other actor, I think it could be a very different type of Clint Eastwood movie. And Well, Clint Eastwood is already starting out, like, quote, unquote, on the side, unquote, of, of Richard Jewell. I mean, the whole point of the movie right. is to be a corrective. And so I guess you have to have a person give a performance and not a caricature. Yeah, it just doesn't feel falsely valorous. It doesn't make mm-hmm. him seem smarter than he is either. No, you know, no, it doesn't, no. He doesn't play him for a total buffoon, but it also doesn't say, well, actually, he was a genius. Like, it indicates that he's just a very a flawed guy. Like a yeah. normal person. Kind of with a some weird, With some weird personality Did, Didn't traits. really know what to do in this situation the same way no one would know what to do. Right. I think the movie, I've said it a couple of times, I think, on this show, is just really cooking when it's him and Rockwell and Kathy Bates in a room together. And you're just like, these three people are amazingly comfortable with each other. They know exactly who these characters are. They know how to talk to each other. It just it feels real is, is bad criticism, but it feels right when you're watching them together. And he, you know... Kathy Bates and Sam Rockwell are like two of the 75 most accomplished actors alive right now. And it's this guy's made like four movies. Parenthetically, that Sam Rockwell had a better two, he's two, he's an Oscar and a nomination and gave two performances that are better than both those this oh, yeah. year or last oh, yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like him in this, I like him in whatever mode he is in Richard Jewell and, mm-hmm. and in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. If he's going to play a racist, bigot, Nazi, whatever. Um, despite all of the hosannas for Paul Walter Hauser, I, it, my choice is Adam Sandler. And okay. it's not, it's really not close. And okay. I'm just going with that. Now I can be outvoted. No, I, I'm not going to. I, I, You'll go with Sandler? Oh, oh, somebody has to win. Somebody yes, has to win. Yes, it's the Oscars. You all have to vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually everyone loses. It's not it's the, the Iowa caucus, okay? <laughs> so we are going to pick a winner. Well, at least we'll at least know who the winner exactly. is by the time. You know. I. I think I might go Paul Walter Hauser. Oh my goodness. With, with Are you both Hauser. going Paul Walter Hauser? Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. I like Adam Sandler in that movie though. I will say. He's very but, good. But you know what? You know what I would right. say about Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems? I mean, this is not a, like, a, like a reason. This is not a problem. It, part of the achievement is that like he finds a way to do the most with, with one note. Um, I guess Paul Walter. I mean, there's just so much shading going on with the Paul Walter mm-hmm. Hauser performance that the, that the Uncut Gems character can't even have yes. because that's just not the nature of, of not a lot of, of subtext about Howard Ratner. Well, there's probably lots of subtext, but but the but the actor can't have access to any of it. Mm. It's up to us to understand. Mm-hmm. It's a really hard performance. It's the perfect person to give that performance because because like a different actor would want to do all this stuff that the part can't 
the girding of the part isn't strong enough for, right? I By necessity. That. Anyway, I'm going with I'm going with Paul Drowser. Congratulations to Paul. Sorry, Adam. I feel Sandler. great about that. Best actress. Lupita Nyong'o. Adele Hanel, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Florence Pugh, Midsommar. Charlize Theron, Longshot. Elizabeth Moss, Her Smell. No Gloria Bell. No fine. Gloria yeah, Bell. Fine choice. We no have Bell. done to Juli- Julianne Moore what the Oscars routinely does to her, which is say, <laughs> oh, you're pretty good in this movie no one saw. See you later. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is the only option. I really like this Charlize Theron performance in, in Longshot. It's very funny. Um, she, I, she's a movie star. Just let her be a movie star. Seth Rogen. I think I've talked about this either with you guys or with Bill. There's a moment at the end of that movie. I don't know if you felt this way where like they're sitting on the sofa, they're wrapping mm-hmm. things up. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rogen is looking at her like I have never seen anybody look at anybody in a movie. It is just like, I love this woman. I don't know what I'm doing on the sofa. <laughs> but I'm, she's speaking to a, there's like a documentary right, style yeah. film crew ending. And he is looking at her when she speaks. And I, I just have never seen anybody look at somebody like that with such ardor. And she, I get it. Wesley, that's not acting. That's, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It's not even acting. It's Seth, also Seth Rogen hanging acting. out with that's Charlize. Right. I'm just this saying, she's actress. also like, she's brought, she brought yeah, something out sure, of her that sure. really true that, sure. that I have never, she brought, that was the best Seth Rogen I've ever seen. And it, I think it's entirely, she's entirely responsible for that. There's something about her in this movie that just brings out all this great stuff in other people. And there, that is, I know it doesn't sound like that. I'm, I'm talking about a good performance, but I, but I am. She yeah. changes the, her being this way in this movie changes the properties of everybody else around her. And I, but is I that is that performance or is that presence? It's that counts for something. I love myself a good movie star performance. I do too. Though I, you know, I rewatched this movie. I believe on a plane, and I love the scene when she's on Molly and is negotiating oh, yeah. the thing. And that's like her. They give her a great moment to do something. But otherwise, she is pretty restrained. She is. I mean, she has to be like the repressed Amanda, character. We don't even have to talk about this because Lapita Nyong'o is okay, the great. only winner. I, I like. I think I agree with that. You're not going to make your case for Adele Hanel. Well, again, she is nominated in this category and also in the category of people that I would like to either be or run away with. I'm still working through <laughs> oh, that. I know shit. it's pretty complex. Love to talk about, you know. America, yeah. <laughs> when you get to see this movie, call Amanda Dobbins up. I, I think what she says is, yeah. Adele Hanel, call me up. That's oh, yes. really the message um, that's being sent please. here. Please. I, I hear that. It's really it's that. really powerful, and I'm kind of sorting through all of my also, reactions to it. bad trailer. This is a bad trailer. It's Portrait a bad European. They don't know how to sell these movies. Yep. It looks so bad in the trailer. Don't trust the trailer on this. Just go to the movie. Yes. I'm going with Lupita as well, I, so it's decided. Lupita is the answer. It's I just am, it's very very weird to me that she's not nominated. Very she, weird. Well, practically because she is the most decorated of of every person who gave a performance last year. She she won the most things. I got no personal beef with Cynthia Revo, but that's just it's just not oh, even close. Can I can I can can I go to the grill, please? Go. Uh, okay, I'm not really going to go to the grill. I I just I just don't like this performance. I don't like the movie. But it's a thing that the Academy is familiar with. This is why I feel yeah. like the way I, this is why is. I feel the way I feel about the best picture nominees because there are choices being made and even to an individual voter to not have chose, chosen them. The story that can be told based on what I see when I look at these nominations is 
people making a body making a choice. And it's like if if you have a performance that is like a like a like one of the great performances, I would say period, and a person has invented it from whole cloth, just made up two characters and come up with a strategy about how to play them and who they are in relation to each other. And the like three layers deep of just stuff that Lupita Nyong'o is carrying around with her when she plays both these women, you're going to know that exists. Also, movie made, what, $200 million? Like, Mm -hmm. enough people in the, like, they saw that movie. And, I mean, Harriet made made money. But, like, you're going to, it's not even an either or thing. I'm not saying that, like, you, I'm just saying that that of of the non-white people that you nominated, and I will include Antonio Banderas in this because that's how we roll in America. Non-English speaker. Um, The person you pick is just playing a thing that you're extremely familiar with. Now, granted, it's Harriet Tubman. She is the most, she is like one of the two most famous examples of a thing that you're familiar with. But at the end of the day, the way the movie functions, we're just talking about an enslaved person. Right. Yeah. And we talked about it the day the nominations were announced. We were like, they nominated one actor of color and is for playing a slave. This is insane. I can't be. That's not Cynthia Erivo's fault. She's a great actor, but she was more interesting in Widows. She's way more more interesting on The Outsiders. If you're watching The Outsider right now, you can see the winner of of two years ago. Come on. She'll get her ego. He just completely dismissed Widows and just never talked about it. So many people don't like it, though. I know a lot of people right. who really who don't like it. Okay. Just truly do not like it. Anyway, Lupita Nyong'o, Lupita Nyong'o, Lupita Nyong'o. Great. Sold. Best director. Greta Gerwig, Little Women. Oh, shit. Trey Edward Schultz, Waves. Oh, this got real. Ari Aster, Midsommar. Pedro Amorovar, Pain and Glory. Julia Riker and Steven Bogner, American Factory. Can you imagine if these were the actual Academy Award nominees for Best Director? It'd be amazing. That would be amazing. The only one here that feels completely out of line is Ari Aster for Midsommar. Like, I just don't think that they would ever nominate a movie like that in this kind of a category. Well, the other four, Jordan like Peele, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's true. But it only happened once; it'll never happen again. Get Out was a lot more pop, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying he'll never be nominated again. I just think that like that style of that thing. I feel like for a lot of voters, I feel like there's a cat out of the bag with him mm-hmm. and they feel like, well, he already, didn't he already do that? Yeah. Like, like us and get out are in any way comparable to each other. Yep. Just whatever. There's a lot of just bad thinking. Anyway. He could have been on this list. I mean, we could have said Jordan Peele us. That's, um, that was, that was never talked about at one moment for a second. during the, this Oscar season. Oh no. No. I mean the screenplay, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me. The things that we take for granted. It's nuts to me. Ang Lee made whatever. Just don't even get me started. Uh, what were you going to say? <laughs> Ang Lee made the ice storm. No. <laughs> Ang Lee made. He made your Eat, favorite. Drink, he, made, he made one of your favorite action sequences. Yeah, that scene kicks ass. That movie is pretty incoherent, but anyway, I'm just saying huge we're, Ang Lee we're, fan, we're in weird times. Mm-hmm. Um, of these five people, I am gonna go with Greta Gerwig. Obviously, I am as well. I love Trey Edward Schultz. I love Waves. Um, Waves but, really died, man. Like, they really proved Chance wrong. It just, like, it just died on the vine. Didn't make any money. 
Got no yeah. love at the awards. Didn't get Gotham love. Didn't get Indie Spirit wonder, Awards love. I, I don't. I can't believe how divisive that movie is. I'm kind of shocked. I am. T- well, I felt that it was going to be divisive, but not in the way that it turned out to. But be. more divisive than like the Lighthouse. Like there are so many no, weird I mean, movies that did amazing business. I this year. think that we are so messed up about race that the idea of a person just expressing empathy. The idea of a white director expressing empathy for black people and like identifying and inventing a life for them that doesn't compute with any of the things that we've been programmed to think a white person should find interesting about black people. And I also think it's a huge risk to have that character do the thing that the character does. I don't like it, but you know what? Like, it's not based on a true story. He can do whatever the fuck he wants and he did it. And it has to happen in order for the second half of the movie to work. Like, uh, we need to, we don't know how to watch anything anymore. We don't know how to watch shit. And so we're only focused on, well, what does it say this guy is? Okay, I, I, I'm out. I do think a lot of the conversation around the film is driven by that. It's Why ins- did this guy get to make this movie? It's outrageous. Yeah. It's just outrageous. Anyway, uh, that said, I'm going to go with Greta Gerwig. I love this movie and I have more complicated feelings about Waves, so it's very easy for me to go to with Greta Gerwig. Okay. Um, should, I, should I even try to... He's heard it. Oh. No, you're, no, no. I mean about Greta Gerwig. Oh, yeah. about Greta Gerwig? I mean, I... It's, it's very hard for me to speak because at some point she taps into some primal thing of... I, of the way that I think about the experience of being a woman, the mm. experience of... Uh, having thoughts mm. and the experience no, I mean, of um, I'm getting my relationship like... to to literature, my relationship specifically to little women and kind of what I want to see when I go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I, I often I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of men in my life who I love very much and they like a lot of movies and they talk about um, in, entire schools of filmmaking and things that just really spoke to them and their interests and their beliefs so specifically. And I have always been, well, not always been happy for them, but I, I, that's lovely. And I never really understood what that felt like until I saw a Greta Gerwig movie of just Mm. being like, holy shit, that's, I didn't know you could do that, but also you were in my brain. Mm. And Mm. that's a very specific endorsement. I also think this movie is just like so smart Mm -hmm. and also has feelings and it is accomplished and it has ideas and um, and is and she is so in control. She creates a world that is a Greta Gerwig world while also still being a part of this tradition of filmmaking. I She's very important to me. I have nothing further to add. The winner is Greta Gerwig. I have nothing further to add either. I, I believe. I mean, I got a little... That was like a that was like a like a courtroom drama closing <laughs> argument. Yes. And I got a little misty. Thank you. Did you order the code red? <laughs> You're goddamn right Greta did. <laughs> okay, best picture. Okay. Ten nominees. I actually didn't think about this at all, so I don't know what I'm advocating for. I mean, I may, not, I may have gotten all this wrong, and if I'm missing stuff, you let me know. I think that the movie world is vast. More than 800 films are released every year in America. We could have picked from a whole bunch of them. These are the, the ten I listed. Uncut Gems, Waves, American Factory, The Souvenir, The Lighthouse, Booksmart, The Farewell, Knives Out, Pain and Glory, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I will just say before I choose my winner that the movie, the movie that a movie I put on the list that isn't here, um, in addition to us, is The Nightingale, 
Jennifer Kent's grueling movie about the settling of Australia in the 19th century. And it's hard to watch. And it is honest about what it takes to take a country <laughs> and make a country. And um, I, I, another one of those movies where I just don't know how she did what she did or why she even chose to do it that way. Last time you were here, you advocated for this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've since seen it. It's very punishing. Yeah. It's sort of the like emotional inversion of Little Women. Yeah. That's sort of, it. Yeah. Oh, emotionally for sure. Yes. Um, it's, it's obviously brilliantly well made and has a deep point of view and also tons of subtext about what actually, what the cost of growth is essentially what the cost of labor is for human labor um at times it feels like it's almost i mean it is rubbing your nose in it oh for sure purposefully that is yeah for 100 percent. so even in our imaginary oscars i'm trying to imagine getting our voting body to watch this film well, you didn't actually, because there are three <laughs> people in the voting body, and I th- was like, I think even in that podcast, you were like, "It's not for me, Amanda." I'm not recommend. I mean, it's a hard movie to tell a person they should yeah. watch. I've watched it and think it's great. Uh, that's it. Okay. Um, but let's go to the actual nominees. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. I. I mean, uh, uncut gems. I like enough waves. I love. American Factory, I think, is fantastic. The Souvenir, I like. I really like The Souvenir. I just want to like just Same. say that one more time. Yeah, um, hard movie to do. Um, surprise! I mean, you've seen you've seen this movie before, but there's something about the way she does it where you're just like, is that what's happening here? Yes. Yeah. Um, That's exactly right. It's like a it's it's like a. John Hughes movie sucked of all the color or something. It's well, so, that's not a great advertisement but, but for it. I mean, it, it, it's like it's only the the pain side of the coming of age story. Yeah, it's it's less than less than zero. Yes, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, the Lighthouse. We've said enough. Uh, I mean, not again. Like I tune into my Lighthouse podcast. He's if you a hear very more. good director. I'm just going to move to Booksmart. Uh, the Farewell. That movie did not do it for me. Really? I just, I it just okay. didn't do it for me. I think it's solid. It had, it had a great, this is one of those things that I just was like, this is a really good idea. This is a great movie. But, but, but you know what? It's not a great movie because I heard the This American Life episode and I thought, I'm done. Yes. This is fantastic. Great story. I, it did not need, it didn't need to be this. I'm I, glad for everybody involved that it was it. But I, it didn't work for me as a movie. Actually, this is kind of a late criticism of the movie, but I, I wish that the movie was more like the wedding sequence. I was like, where is this like yeah. antic, almost satirical portrait yeah. of this country and these traditions as a way, the like more like elegiac, um, deeply sincere. Yeah. First half of the movie, I, I just felt like I kind of like I had seen that version of a story before. I've thought a lot about this movie since I saw it. First of all, I did not listen to the This American Life segment. Mm, mm-hmm. And then I went to see the movie in a, in a packed theater and I was crying like everybody else. Mm. It just, it really, I did have that emotional movie experience. And I have thought a lot about what this movie has to say about family and how we conceive of a family and relate to it and what we do and don't 
do not owe both a family and ourselves mm-hmm. and how that changes in in different cultures. And it it did just it very neatly encapsulated a lot of those questions and tensions that apply to all aspects of life. Um, and I I find myself referencing back to it. Hmm. I, I don't know whether that is that's more if that's a movie experience or just like an it, interesting thing that it added to my life. But it I doesn't think it's matter. Very successful. It, it worked for you. Yeah. Um, what's better, the farewell or triple frontier? Oh, don't <laughs> don't do that. Also, had Paramount. me thinking a lot about family in a different way. <laughs> Certainly, Hobbs and Shaw. Are you also like to about make family. a family yeah. with one of those men? <laughs> the question is, which one? <laughs> Quite a pod for your libido. Uh, knives out. I I I liked it. I just feel like it's like a turn too clever. There's like there's one thing in there's one no, there's one beat too many. Then I'm confused. I'm actually confused. It does not clarify for me. Thing I need clarified. I also found it mildly anticlimactic. Um, I think by design in many ways. I mean, it's the kind of movie that gives away its twist in the first 20 minutes. That wasn't my issue, really. But I do like that he really went for the, like, he didn't leave it up to us to be like, well, that's interesting that, like, how racist they, I mean, he understood what he, he knew what he was doing, like, thematically. This would be pretty high on my list for the winner. I don't know if it's necessarily my choice, but as far as like satisfaction coming out of a film, when the sweet Virginia needle drop hits at the end of the movie and she's looking out over them on the balcony, I was like, that's a fucking movie. Like that's yeah. how you make a movie. Yeah. That that's for me. Now I, I hear house, your criticism. My house, my rules mug or whatever it says. It's some I, version I, of that. I cracked up at that. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, I, I like it. I like it. I just, I'm like, there's 10 movies here. I, I, I like some of them more than I like this. Pain and Glory, fairly under-discussed. Can I just say something real quick about him, by the way? I would- Ryan would, Johnson? Yeah. I, is this the thing that he's going to do? Because I like, I like this. I mean, not that I don't like the other stuff, but I'm just right. saying, if this is a mode where he's that he's going to be in, I mean, I assume he'll make something radically different, but I, I like him on Earth, I guess is maybe what I'm saying. Yeah, but if yeah. look at all of his other movies. I think he's a, a genre island hopper. You know, yeah. if you look at Brick or Brothers Bloom like or, or Looper, these are kind of variations on a theme told in different tones that are hugely influenced. You can kind of like pinpoint the other movies he's referencing, but not in a way that it's obnoxious. No. It actually just informs and excites you. He's a good sampler. He's a good good sampler. Well put. He's the the DJ premier of of movie makers. Oh, boy. But I agree. I like his sense of humor. And the the cleverness, it is extremely clever. And maybe I just think that's cute. But it is also like, it's the classic. They don't make movies like that anymore. Like, when was the last time you went to a really, like, clever movie? I tend to think about well recently because I saw Little Women for the third time. So that is clever. Is a clever um, yeah. I I don't know. I, I I hear everything you're saying. Okay. Um Pain and Glory, my one of my least favorite on one of our movies. Interesting. Uh it is I I he's one of my favorite filmmakers. This is one of my least favorite of his movies. And I I guess given what I just said about it him being one of my favorites, it should be among them. Yeah. But it is the most him. There it's it's not the most his kind of movie, but it's the most of him. No, but I think that it's sort of like um, it's like him unplugged, and I feel mm. like he he's a he's an electricity director, not an acoustic director. That's a great way of putting yeah. it. And he and Banderas are two of the most thrilling people to watch do things. Yeah, at like the middle of their powers, the idea that they've both like just decided not to pay the electric bill on this one, and I- to just go for something 
something else like ballads. You're not a balladeer, sir. Just you're you're not. But I've been really enjoying other people's enjoyment of this movie. It just it I got none of the pleasure from it that other people have. I think it's one of those things where you go in expecting something from a certain kind of filmmaker. It's like going mm-hmm. to a Michael Bay movie in a lot of ways. You're like there are hallmarks in 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 Almodovar's films. I rewatched Matador before interviewing mm. Banderas and it's like it don't, is it's a don't com- do that completely me. different tone and the, certainly the performance that Banderas is giving I don't but begr- I still like Pain and Glory a lot I don't begrudge him the the sort of the wisdom and, and age that have gone into making this movie I mean for him and Antonio Banderas I'm happy that the Academy <laughs> thought enough of the performance to to recognize it um, it just, it, there are 10, again, there are 10 movies here. I'm not, I'm not going with this. Like saying it's among my least favorite on Motivar movies is really not saying much. Um, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, that, that, that wasn't the, you guys have been passionate enough about that movie. Okay. Yeah. Just, and no one's seen it, which and, is also frustrating right. because um, it, it has not been widely so, released. So we can't really talk about it. This is, a, this is probably not an ideal top 10. We I left off us, which I would say is an oversight on my part. Yeah. But I don't think us was going to win anyway. I mean, what is uh, our winner? It would be radical for something like American Factory to I, win the very first best I, picture. I, I was going to. I mean, I put it on this. On I really, really talk about movies that I can't stop thinking about. American Factory. It's just a. It's a miracle it's of a, a big movie. Big time achievement. Yeah. And also a, a movie that could only have been made by those two people because mm-hmm. they had spent the previous fifteen years entrenched in that world, making movies about that world, thinking deeply and essentially working as teachers, professors, about the American economy, globalization, the workforce, what happens when a corporation makes bad decisions and doesn't think about people, all of these complicated ideas, and also captures this really classical humanistic verite style of filmmaking and does so in a very, very, very specific and strong way. I mean, like the just luck involved in all of the scenes that they yeah. got and the and the characters that they found within, you know, it could have been a setup of a Chinese company buying an American factory. And then it, and then you don't you don't have the people who they find. And then, of course, that they know what to do in bringing out those stories. They they know who to film. They know who to talk to. They- this could have gone wrong or like it just could have been okay yes it could have been blah yeah, yeah it could have been just like oh uh, okay there's some cultural differences and some people getting yes. to know some other people and yeah but it's it's so much more profound than that and i also think the way that we think about cross-culturalization in this country is pretty it's not myopic it's the it's like the way we think about it is is the way that we have to given the way this country was founded mm-hmm. but the but the idea of America and China. Um, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We're decided it's American Factory. I, I'm just delighted. Greta Gerwig and American Factory winning. I did not expect this to happen. Yeah, it's a, it's D- a good... Dear Academy, put us in charge. This is so wonderful. <laughs> Any lingering thoughts before the Academy <laughs> You're Awards? You're so happy. <laughs> I just, it never works out where all the things I put on the document actually win. Thank you. For, I was like, can you come more often? Because... <laughs> Then nice things happen. Dreams do come true. Any other, anything else? I'll call me, I guess, is the only thing that can make this better. <laughs> call me by your name too, perhaps, starring yeah. Amanda and Adele Hanel. Wait, did did you hear? Did I hear what? Uh, Andre Eichmann is doing a sequel? Yeah, he's writing it. Well, the book's out, I thought. 
I mean, they're going to film it. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's going to happen. I heard that. I heard that. I think it will happen. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Do you think we'll be back doing the, I don't know what the the name of these awards should be. Big Picky is not going to work. The Pickies. That's that's pretty gross and weird. Yeah. Well, uh, let's workshop it. The Adele Hanels? Yeah, the Adele (laughs) Hanels. Are you excited for the Academy Awards? Oh, my God. That might be the hardest question of the day. Mm, yes. Nah. I'm, I'm really neutral on this, this this year. There's no person I'm excited to see win. Not even Brad Pitt? Oh, that's a good one. I am excited. <laughs> I mean, to we're going to have that. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see Lord. I mean, I want all the people who are going to win to win. Well, Joaquin Phoenix, again, it's like he, he they're Lord Durning him. Basically, mm-hmm. yes, they are. Um, he should have won ten years ago. They didn't give it to like him. The dancing, but yeah, I mean, there's some good things about the performance. I just don't, I don't care for it um, in the way that I've cared for so many other of his performances. But um, anyway, I, I, are you guys excited? Working through it in a kind of like I love a good sandwich sort of way. So you know? we're all like in a, in a sort of similar it's, boat. It's really hard to get excited about. Yeah, both mm-hmm. because. We just feel like we know what's going to happen. And I'm not that jazzed about what's going to happen, with the exception of Brad Pitt. Yeah, I like 1917. It's a perfectly good movie. It's a, it's a, it's, I, I do like I, it. I had a nice time watching it also. But again, I feel like it's winning just feels like somebody is being sent a message. Yeah. And I don't like that feeling. Wesley, you sent a profound message on this podcast. Thanks for doing this with us. Anytime. Please stay tuned to The Big Picture later this week. Amanda and I will be making our picks for the 91st Annual Academy Awards. See you then.